podcast. We've got some really great people in with us today. We've got uh, Jonathan Davis, which is also Schizo, which you see right here. Wait, wait, wait. Did you almost forget their name? Yeah. Well, I think he I did. I'm not sure which way I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, I'm old, okay? That's a great, great start, Mike. We're off to a like, winning got start. A really awesome cast. Uh... <laughs> As I sit here and go, which which side do I start at? I don't is even it, know. Is it the left? Is it the which way are we going? Are we doing oldest to youngest or doing left to right? By height, you know. Height. Yeah. That would make me lost. <laughs> Oh, All right, Lord. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continuing from where Mike left off. <laughs> hey, Mike, your brain is over there. Just go find it real quick. Uh, that's it's funny. just not a good day for me. Oh, uh, right? we love you. We yeah, love it's you. A rough for all of us, buddy. Uh, so we have uh, John Davis, aka Schizo, joining us. We have Hello. Kevin Daughtry. Is that how you pronounce it, Kevin? Artie, that's fine. Perfect. We'll, we'll keep it. Daughtery. AKA, yeah, it's it's the British Shikes, and you have to forgive me. Um, <laughs> I can't do good Irish. Yeah, okay? he's, he says solder. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is the right pronunciation. Um, anyway, we have Kevin Daughtry, AKA Stinger Swarm, and we have Travis Sampson, AKA Gappet. Hello. So hey, I'm Joel. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm Joel, aka Baby Brit, um, and uh, we got Pat somewhere in there. Um, we almost lost him due to Pennsylvania internet problems, but we got him back, so that's good. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For yeah, now. he'll probably leave again. Anyway, but uh, uh, so thank you guys all for joining us. Um, tonight is especially, especially important that you guys will join us. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Mike for a very, very special announcement. Yeah. Um, first thing I want to do is, is, uh, is, is say we're dedicating this show to Michael Crash Hancock. Um, Michael lost his battle with cancer this morning. And he has been such an ambassador to this RC community, whether it be planes, quads, uh, CNC, 3D printing, you name it. This guy's been into all of it and has just brought a ton of people into the, in, into the hobby. Um, if it wouldn't have been for him, we wouldn't be here sitting here today with, uh, you know, the likes of Gap at Stinger Swarm and Schizo. Um, and, and I wouldn't have the friends that I have now um, because of him. So I just wanted to uh, dedicate this show to him and, and his family. I know his family's hurting right now as the rest of the RC community is. And we just wanted to say, Michael, thank you. And blue skies and Godspeed, brother. We love you. We miss you and we'll continue to miss you, but we will see you again, brother. Take yep. care. Absolutely. 100%. So that's all I wanted to say. So no, I love that guy. Very so. kind words, Mike. And yeah, all of us got the opportunity to meet Mike at uh, Flight Fest East this year. And uh, yeah. we, we, we got the opportunity to press flesh, as he liked to say. And, yep. uh, and uh, see, and you know, the funniest thing is, and you know, he mentioned it um, in his follow up for Flight Fest. He, he mentioned it was really entertaining meeting someone who was shorter than Lane Stair. Um, and uh, I will never forget the moment that we did meet. <laughs> 
and staring up at this six foot six giant guy. Um, he was a big man. He, he was a big dude. He was and a big man. One, one heck of a human being, and he will be greatly missed, and uh, rightly so that we dedicate this show to to Mike. Um, just so that everybody is aware, um, there is a couple of things that we want to mention on that. Um, if you guys would like to show some dedication to Crash, we have... Oh, excuse me. An amazing caricature that was just completed by our good buddy Tim Michael. Um, so that caricature, if you go to Tim's page, you can set on that Facebook. as your on Facebook. Yep, you can uh, go ahead and set that as your profile pic. Or alternatively, we just as a podcast released a Facebook frame, um, so that if you guys would like to show solidarity to Mike and his family, um, that frame you can either find personally on my page, or if in the frame section of your profile picture you can search Crash C R A S H, and you'll find it in there as well. But yep. we love you, brother, and definitely blue skies. All right. So, so all right, enough of the sad stuff. Let's I know go Mike, ahead. And I know he would want <laughs> us to like be happy and move exactly. on. Exactly. You know, talk about RC. So we got a couple of things I know that uh, Pat or uh, Joel does want to talk about. Yes, I'm super excited. So uh, the the three gentlemen who are joining us, do you guys know a, a kid by the name of Peter Schreepel? Oh, yeah. 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 I know Kevin does. I know Kevin does. <laughs> yeah, so Peter is um, the inner child that we all wish we were. Um, and he is a crazy inventor on YouTube. We had him on the show last, uh, last week. Um, you'll be able to catch episode 37 um, on that. Peter actually got airborne. So he congratulations, did. Peter. Um, he yeah, let's, his let's let's round of applause uh, for Peter getting his. So just to fill everyone who doesn't know, uh, Peter Shrupal is a mad scientist who was building an ultralight in his basement. Um, and not he only building it, an ultralight in his basement, but he's doing it out of Lowe's foam. Yep, foam. Uh, it was inflated polystyrene is what he's using on the wings. He's Super using same. spruce. Uh, he's using, oh, God, goodness knows what else. He's uh, fiberglass, the whole thing. Um, yep. But the trouble is he needs more power. He actually didn't have enough power to get completely off the ground. Um, so he's currently working on a better power system. And Peter, if you need anything from the community, please let us know. Um, yep. We are here to support you in any way that we can. All right. Yeah. So. I believe an early prototype of that was called the uh, cardboard coffin, and I've never heard a, uh, a better name for a plane in my life. Right. <laughs> so that's so, excellent. So Kevin, you're an airline pilot. You, obviously, you've got a few hours under your belt. Um, have you looked? Have you seen his YouTube videos on the build of this plane? Actually, I, I have. I'm a subscriber to his YouTube channel, but I haven't seen videos on the build of this plane. I've talked to him about it, but I'm. Uh, I, my YouTube viewing habits get left behind sometimes, so okay. no, I haven't seen this. I, I was just, I was oh, just God, wondering what your thoughts would be about, you know, this home, uh, this Home Depot slash Lowe's DIY ultralight basement project. I mean, I've seen uh, Peter's projects, and 
Oh, man. I, I got such mixed feelings. Part of me is like, I'd get in in a heartbeat. And part of me is like, oh, let's just watch it go fly. <laughs> yeah. Let's just watch from the ground. <laughs> I'm, I'm with yeah. those two on that. Yeah, I'll watch from the ground at a distance. <laughs> Knowing yeah. Peace's past history, especially with pyrotechnics. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we wish you all the best of luck getting fully airborne, Peter. And as I said, if you need anything from us at all, um, please let us know. Um, I uh, My next point is completely irrelevant because we actually do have a couple of voicemails. I'm very pleased. Um, so, first of all, I have to say a big thank you to um, Gapit um, for the use, uh, for the technology behind the voicemail system. Um, that we borrowed from your podcast. So thank you, I, sir. I did invent Google Voice. That's my project. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job. So, uh, yeah, awesome. I have to say thank you very much for um, <laughs> borrowing that technology. Um, yeah. We have had several voicemails in. Um, however, um, I'm going to borrow something else from you, Gap. I'm going to gripe for a minute. Um, okay. And uh, no one who left us a voicemail left us their name. Yeah, nobody said who they were. Oh. So um, let's let's make an effort, guys. If you're going to leave us a voicemail, will you please leave your either name, screen name, or where you're from so that we can give you proper recognition for the voicemails that you leave us? Thank you. You know, you know Google Voice has their phone number. You can just call them back. Yeah, we, we could do that, that, but that requires effort that we're not yeah. quite willing to put in. <laughs> well, okay, no, okay. Joel says it requires effort, but let's be honest, none of us really thought of that, did we? <laughs> hey, actually, I, I did. Actually, but, you know, actually, yes, yes. So uh, the funny thing is, yes, we, we can see your numbers, so we can roughly guesstimate your area code, but for example... I technically am in Orlando, which is the 321 area code, um, but I have like a 407 number that I have access to. So, yeah, guys, please, please uh, let us know who you are and where you're from if you're leaving us a voicemail. Um, which leads me directly on to uh, the next thing, which is going to be playing the very first voicemail that we have. So give me just a moment. I will play it. Hey guys, I like your show. I listen to RC After Hours all the time and think your show is really funny. Would you ever have them on your show? Yes, that that was uh, a Ron Caglione boy. Yes, we have now, suspicions. We don't, know. we don't know this for sure. But we're yeah, I don't know this for sure, but I'm believing. Yes, we, we we suspect that based on the area code number and the age of which the person who's leaving the voicemail is uh, is speaking, we, we believe that Chris Roncaglione, see, I've had way too much beer already, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, Not enough. Chris, yeah, no, there's never enough. Um, and uh, yeah, so Chris, would you own up to uh, leaving us a voicemail via your child, please? Um, <laughs> and and uh, if, if it so happens that this young child who called in and complimented us it, and perhaps called us RC After Hours too, um, we, he might be a little confused, but we'll take the credit anyway. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> if you actually aren't Chris Ron Caglione's child, we, we are sorry. For, for accusing Chris of putting you up to this. 
But yes. if you are Chris Ron Craigleon's child, just just pass this along to Chris. Um, we love the RC After Hours podcast, and uh, they're great guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And one other thing, please leave us your name next time so we can properly give you credit once again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and guys, if you do wish to leave us a voicemail, the voicemail number is 802-465-FTCC. Now, I have to legally also tell you that this is not a toll-free number and that messaging rates and um, pricing may apply. Right. It is Google Voice. So because I didn't know that. We've been doing this for like 40 episodes. <laughs> yeah, it technically <laughs> counts. It technically <laughs> counts against your minutes, but uh, okay, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. So, 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 Gabby, you've been violating the FCC rules this whole time. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't believe anybody in this room would, you know, would violate FCC rules at any we, time. We, we would never dream of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hang, not- hang on a minute. Let me hide these quads. <laughs> <laughs> the fine will come down. Any yeah, really. I left sock. <laughs> just start a, a GoFundMe and we'll help you out, bro. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So, guys, yeah, feel free to leave us a voicemail. It's uh, once again 802 465 FTCC. That's um, 8233. Uh, if you don't know what FTCC is, if you have a modern cell phone, come on, guys, get with the program. Um, otherwise, uh, let's move on to item number four. Uh, I think this is actually best left to the two who were on the show that this is in reference to. Mike, Pat. What What are you talking about? Rascal, oh, the Rascal CNC. CNC. Yes, yes, Read yes. the show notes! Oh, well, I'm looking at the one. I'm counting one, two, three, four. Okay. So um, a couple of weeks ago, well, about a month ago now, um, we actually had some guys on um, – for the rascal cnc is actually the plan for that is going to be released with all the lists of the parts and everything on november 1st so go out there and check it out um go out to the flight test uh, forums mm-hmm. it's all out there and they're all going to be released on the first so make sure you get that done because i'm telling you these guys did a lot of work and they got some really good stuff there so the rascal will be released on november 1st yep and uh, for those who don't know, that is the uh, foam board slash everything else CNC slash laser um, mm-hmm. machine that is available. Um, you guys can find the, I think they're going to be setting up a Facebook page and all that fun stuff. Um, but keep your eye on that and we will uh, be super excited to get that information out to you as soon as we get it. Last item, and this is promised, this is the last uh, item before we get into our um uh, finally getting uh, into interviews with our guests um, we would like to all congratulate our good friend Tucker Gott in the con- in the completion and first place prize of the Icarus race he managed to complete the 1000 mile journey in only four and a half days I'm mm-hmm. still reeling as to how he managed to pull that off, uh, considering that he had a broken paramosa in the process. Um, but yeah, Tucker got managed to get done in four and a half days for the Icarus race. So another past guest um, you can listen to, I believe that's episode 32. And uh, big congratulations to Tucker and look forward to seeing you. Hopefully you'll be down here this week at Flight Fest South. All right. Absolutely. 
Anything else before moving on? Finally, I'm sure these guys are like, "What the heck are these guys on about?" No, no, that, that that's enough. Th th okay, guys, you were like totally the lost leaders, you know, like like you, the store advertising something like this 80 inch TV for for 199 dollars, but there's only one of them, so that that was totally what you guys just were for us. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I got catfish. <laughs> a, little, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, you know. a little bit. Yeah. So the show's over. We're done. That's we're it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Please, I'm just kidding. Don't go anywhere. Just kidding. It's okay if I just put the cat up here and walk away. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I can do the same. Um, <laughs> but anyway, in all seriousness, guys, uh, first of all, I, I need to gush for a moment um, because uh, the three gentlemen that we have sitting in front of us are probably some of the biggest leaders in the FPV community. Um Starting with Schizo um, being one of the early innovators of uh, getting out there with his own brand of Moses, working with Lumineer, having a frame belt. Stingy, the master of all things power loop um, and uh, tight gaps and running around uh, all of those dank office parks that we see all around all uh sorry atlanta Orlando. this is orlando <laughs> um <laughs> see what i did there um and gap and for yeah really and, and gap for the incredible footage that you do long range um you're working with x hover right now on your own uh, frame of your own um being a leader with uh, the fpv community also having your own podcast the fpv show uh which i love listening to i'm a huge fan i still haven't called the voicemail line yet i'm sorry i need to get better at that um well you have to you have to be able to beat bot grinder yeah that's very true yeah <laughs> <laughs> rates may apply uh, <laughs> but guys seriously uh we know that it it's time out of your day to come hang out with yeah. us and uh, for the community so uh, thank you very much for joining us and uh we'll we'll kind of kick this discussion off um on a on a really light note um just to get things started um so for each of you guys we'll start with uh kevin how long have you been in the hobby and what got you into fpv Okay, I got into the hobby, like, I gotta look at my watch. No, uh, I got in the hobby around 2015, uh, about this time of year. Uh, a friend of mine was actually really getting into the flight test videos and wanted to build some uh, RC airplanes. And his fiance asked him, asked me to watch some of the videos to figure out what she should buy him for his birthday. So I started watching flight test videos, just trying to look for presents for a friend of mine and then got hooked, started building um, uh, some of the foam board planes with him and flying that. And then I saw, you know, Alex on the show flying uh, FP all of flying FPV. And I'm like, what's this? I started putting FPV gear on planes and then the, uh, saw the uh oh man what's the french racing guys videos? uh Argonay, right Argonay, yeah Argonay races and i was like holy crap started looking up mini quad videos saw sharpu got a mini quad started flying met schizo and that was uh then it was off to the races yeah fantastic gap i know you have a slightly different story uh, yeah, I'm so here. I'm just eating dinner. I'm sorry. Oh, you are totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Is it vegetarian? It better be <laughs> vegetarian NPG show. Um, I started flying. I'm legit eating Korean barbecue. 
Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Share. So I started flying in February of 2016. Um, I was like actively just looking for a hobby. I wasn't into RC stuff at all before that. Like I had a couple of those like helicopters you buy at the mall. They're like 20 bucks. Uh, but I was just I needed something to do, and so I was like just on Google looking at crap to do, and I saw that French video. And I was like, that looks like fun. And so I just started flying. Uh, and that was like a year and a half ago. So, yeah. Other than Fantastic. that, like, and now it's like it's making me interested in aviation. I w like a lot of guys come from aviation interest into RC. And I'm like the opposite. Now I think planes are cool because I fly many quads. And I was not interested before at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that that story. And I, I always thought, how interesting. It's almost like completely the reverse of most of us because I was obsessed with aviation before I even got into FPV. Um, and it's really interesting hearing the other side coming in completely not knowing anything at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I kind of just fell into it. And uh, I'm glad I did because it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and John, you lost me by no means least. <laughs> uh, I'm similar to Gapit. I didn't have any interest in aviation at all when I started. But um, ah. I, uh, I come from a software engineering background, so I worked in video games for quite a number of years. And I remember uh, I was also doing short horror films, too, so I'm into film. And I was looking for a drone to do an aerial shot for one of my scenes. And uh, I found the DJI Phantom Vision Plus or something. I don't know what, if you guys know what that one was. Hell, um, the old school one. <laughs> yeah, I bought that, you know, and then I got obsessed with I am, like I am with any technology piece. And I started uh, obsessively YouTubing like drone stuff. And then I came across Metal Danny uh, ripping through the forest going like Mach 9. And I was just like, uh... And then I, I literally Craigslist that, that, the Phantom the next day and bought an X-Hover... <laughs> I bought an X-Hover MXP230 on 3S, and uh, I was just like, that was it. Like, I, I never looked back. Back still, in the day, yeah. these guys, uh, right? <laughs> oh but I, gra I eventually graduated to a blackout. There you go. Yeah, that's how it was cool. There you go. So that, that was original, original right there, the blackouts. OG, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, or, just, that. or just old. <laughs> That's me. OG is the cool way of saying old as hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's me, Mike. All right, yeah. so the, the, here, here we'll, we'll switch it up to more open forums. So so when starting out, how how did you guys like start out and what, what kind of – got you to kind of the level of where you are today what what are some you know interesting tips and tricks that where you guys started and where you are now uh is that for everyone or yeah that's op open forum uh, so um whoever wants to start <laughs> I, for for me the biggest uh the biggest leg up that i had was getting to hang out with uh schizo john and steel so i had like two good friends fairly early on that were a much higher skill level. So it just set my expectations of what I would be capable of way higher. You know, it wasn't like I'm just assuming that I'm, you know, going to be putzing around an empty field forever. I'm like, no, I got to hang with these guys. So I just had to step it up and like kind of wanted to try stuff to impress my friends. So it's like, well, I can't, you know, 
roll as accurate as uh, steel or fly as smooth as schizo. So let's just try something crazy that they won't even think of trying. <laughs> and, that's, and that still happens today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess if I, when I was starting out, the only, the, the things I do differently than a lot of people did starting out was I never flew with anybody because no one around me flew. Um, and so the way I kind of, learned was from myself and so I, I was pretty religious i still am about reviewing footage i watch all the flights i make like several times and i think i think there's something to that because it kind of forces you to find the errors and i think in some ways especially when you're first starting out like reviewing footage in a mindful way is almost as good as stick time because you can you know you can kind of visualize what's happening and then think about what would solve that on the next time uh that and then uh i for the first like six months i made it uh, like a rule that I had to fly at sunrise uh, like before work every day. And so I would get up, and even if it was just one pack, I would get up and fly um, at sunrise because sunrise is pretty, and uh, you always have time in the morning if you just wake up earlier, and no one's around any like anywhere, especially here on the island at sunrise. So I have like the whole place to myself between 6.30 and 8 a.m. So those are my That's hot funny. tips. Yeah, and now, so where, where are you, you said on the island. Where are you at? I'm on. I live on Bainbridge Island. It's uh, it's it's like a, a thirty-minute ferry ride from Seattle. It's eight miles due west of Seattle. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is nobody's nice. there. <laughs> nobody's there. No, there's like thirty thousand people on the island. I'm just joking. <laughs> it's just me and my dog. <laughs> well, the she's in. Is hitting my dog. I was gonna say yeah, she's she's in every flight video to the, for yeah, the most part. So yeah. Uh, no, I would say the single most important thing. It's finding a good group of friends or even a couple guys that are, you know, equally motivated because you have like, just like Kevin was saying earlier, you have like friendly competition to push each other, push each other. I don't think me, Kevin or Steele would be where we are today without each other. And uh, it's very important. And, and if you guys don't have friends that are doing FPP, I'm sure there's like local communities that you can join. And we started one uh, a long time ago and, and had our own little like meetup and we met people and it just kind of grew from there. And uh, so if you don't have one, think about starting one, you know, so I think that's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know, Gab, you have some rather, rather strong feelings about flying with people as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, I, I feel like I come off like an asshole about that. It's not that I don't <laughs> like people. I think people are great. It's that I can't concentrate. Like I learned I came up flying by myself. And so if I'm flying with people, I just can't focus uh and so i like when i'm in the air i try to shield the world out as much as i can i like put my hood on i turn like turn everything off and i just try to completely zone out and it's so easy for me to get sucked out of that and like back into my actual body you know instead of on the quad <laughs> that just because i learned that way and so if somebody starts talking to me when i'm flying it's like it's like waking up from a dream and then i just fly like garbage <laughs> because of it so it's not that i don't like people it's that I fly like garbage with people. Hey, how high can that go? How much does that cost? <laughs> yeah. How long can you fly? You're just like, go away. <laughs> can yeah, you get into that mean. window over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, all right, this is getting kind of creepy. <laughs> uh, are you saying that that would break your flow? Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. I think that if somebody wanted me to go through their window, I don't know. Depends on the window. Can you see so. if my wife's cheating on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
For a fee, yes. I totally get it, though. When I first started, I actually kind of preferred to fly alone, mainly because I was embarrassed of my skill level. But secondly, I didn't understand how, like, the video channels worked. And, like, you know, I didn't understand. I'd just, like, plug up and someone would crash. Blossom like, 600. Yeah, yep. like, there's like different etiquette you have to kind of adapt to when you're oh, yeah. flying by yourself. So. Oh, 100%. Uh, a, good, a good example on my side was I was flying with, uh, you guys probably know him, Tim Michael. He's really big in uh, the community for caricatures. Uh, when Tim and I first started flying, I was flying on 200 milliwatt on a Fox here. First of all, bad step using a Fox here. Um, but second of all, um, he was blasting at 600 milliwatt because he'd been so used to just flying around on his own um, that he had to bring his uh, his power down just so that we could fly together. So I completely understand the, the desire and the need to fly with other people just to learn that respect level of flying with other people. Um, but also, I'm, I'm really social when it comes to flying. I like flying with people. I need the other people's flying to kind of motivate me uh to fly better i think the the good example was uh, uh two uh two or three weeks ago i was flying over at oh excuse me a field uh called trosses with um navahawk um you guys may know him he's a uh, big in the racing scene and i know stingy you flew literally like flew him on a plane um yes. <laughs> uh, uh, about a year ago now it must have been um but yeah he his skill level is really significantly higher than mine he's big in the racing scene and this other guy who we were flying with as well and his, his skill level was far superior to mine but it just kept pushing me um to fly better and i, I totally empathize with that sentiment so here's the real kicker did you guys all start immediately in air mode or was there a little bit of uh horizon and stability mode when you guys first got in well, air mode didn't exist when we started. Yeah. <laughs> that was not invented yet. <laughs> but, uh, I think what you mean is rape mode. And yeah. I never, yes. I, never, yeah. I went straight to rape mode. I never did anything in any kind of stabilized. I had, uh, like, what was it? Uh, Blade Nano QX, which did, like, the worst rape mode ever. And uh, <laughs> I kind of learned how to hover that around the house. If you can fly uh, that, you can fly anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I, I managed to fly that in mode. And then when I got a QA250, that was like a thousand times easier. But uh, yeah, that was my experience. Yeah, I started out with a little $80 drone that I found at Fry's. It was like a little line of sight. It had the prop guards on it. Something like that, basically. Yeah, there you go. Like yeah. that. There it is. <laughs> with no yep. FPV. I had the no FPV version. So I actually gave oh my, my I gave myself challenges, and I'd try to, like, land in the back of my truck bed, and then I'd try to land, like, you know, I'd, I'd try to practice landing and taking off, like, controlled, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I started out actually in angle mode, though. I, I started out with stability, and I met mm-hmm. Steel, and he's like, dude, you need to fly rate mode. And I flew rate mode, and I was just like screaming the whole time because I kept like crashing <laughs> over and over. And uh, I, I, I was impressed that I could keep it hovering for more than ten seconds. That's how bad it was. Um, oh, that's too funny. But yeah, did you fly wow. rate mode in with FPV? Like, but did you, when you said you were flying angle mode, was that in FPV too, or just yeah, like- yeah, yeah, it was FPV. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, but I trained, I, I think about a month later, I transitioned to rate mode and I think it made it harder because I was so used to like yeah. lighting off the stick and it just like leveling itself. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get the, the concept of having to do a counter input to, uh, anyway, I recommend yeah. people starting off rate mode. You're going to crash more, but 
that that being able to mm -hmm. let off the stick and it just levels itself is so comforting though yeah it is <laughs> says yeah, the it. says the one who has only just got into the quads to begin with <laughs> no no i always I found so <laughs> disoriented because like if it levels itself like i'm used to flying airplanes or whatever and like mm -hmm. those things don't level themselves like you have to put the inputs in and i always felt weird like it's fighting me it's like fighting it back center like i never liked the uh auto level boats yeah i mean i, I can understand that perspective because if you're used to like having to give an input for a result instead of it having to do something that you don't tell it to do is kind of like weird mm -hmm. so I bought, I had a series of those little Hubsons. You guys ever seen those Hubsons? Yeah, I yeah. have one still. Yeah. 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 I, oh, yeah. They're great. I ripped those around. I think I have like three still on like in the woods at this park. Yeah, those. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would, like, take, These are great. I would take the dog to the park and then be like, I'm going to fly a drone. And then just like go up in the air and then just like take off in the wind and be like, I don't know which way it's forward. And then like before it lands, I'm like already on Amazon again buying a new one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's. That's how I learned. The, the nice thing about those is like, there's not a ton of crossover, I don't think, with learning those little Hubsons and FPV. But like one thing to do is, is throttle control, right? Because it's just so mm -hmm. weird. Because uh, like when I first got it, I don't know if it was just me, but it would do the thing where you go, oh God, I'm falling. And then you hit the, you know, then you hit the throttle and it slams against the ceiling and then you totally cut off and slam. <laughs> yeah, it has like, has like no throttle resolution at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> zero. Yeah. It's just on and off. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of that, which maybe may transferred over. I don't know. Yeah, Pat, you you uh, you just getting like into well, FPV wait, 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 wait. for realsies though. Say, okay, so so you say I'm just getting into it, but let's be real here. Okay, I had my my first multi rotor was an a, uh, a bat boat, a bat boat tricopter that uh, a. Did you say bat bone? Never be seen again. Bat, and it, bone. bat bone. Bat bone. <laughs> Flight <laughs> test bat bone. Oh, okay. This is way back in the day, man. Yeah, this is before I was tappers, uh, <laughs> browsers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a night when I went out and flew it, and I had LEDs on it, and it was nicely lit up. But but when you get far enough away and you have consumed enough moonshine, <laughs> it, it's really hard to see. And it just went away. I, I never see it again. I, I mean, I feel like there's a ratio of moonshine to distance. Like enough moonshine, and six feet is too far. Yeah, you, you gotta just cover one eye. Oh, it's only one eye. I completely exceeded that ratio. Completely exceeded it. Moonshine and on the ground is too oh far. Oh my god! Yeah. I think we have a show name. <laughs> so, oh, so, moonshine uh, ratio. Oh, that's funny. Then, then, <laughs> then my buddy, uh, uh, Eric Monroe, he, he gave me uh, one of his big tricopters. It, and it flew, it, it, it flew great, except that my soldering abilities are, like, just beyond bad. So every now and then it'd be flying along, and I would fly FPV with it too, and it would just oh, fall funny. out of the sky randomly. It would just like be from boom. <laughs> so and it was, and I have no love for the KK2 board. I really don't because I, I something about them. I just I blame them for the for my bad soldering, and so me and KK2 boards we never got along. Nineteen ninety two. Then I went to the. 
I'm sorry. I'm and just I went to, uh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and then I went to the Electro Hub, and it flew great, and never really had a problem with it. And then I, still teaching, I, I turned it over to a group of students who were working, and so we we modded this thing up crazy, and we had it. We had an Arduino controlling it, so it was totally autonomous via the Arduino, and it it, it, it had a hard life. So it's hanging on my wall right over there right now. Um, with among the, with the, the other, among the other corpses. Yes, among <laughs> the other corpses. So then, so then, my, my 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 good friends got together and they purchased me a QAV. Um, my good buddy uh, Ben Greenwald built it for me, and it's sitting right over there, and I've been flying it. A little bit. Um, we, it's a we, classic. We, we had some. Is. We had some very humorous times uh, a couple of weeks back, guys, where we actually did some tuning over the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Joel took over my computer and, and tuned it on uh, Betaflight for me. Yeah, so I did some wizardry it, it, for it him. Flies, it flies very nice, very nice though. Except again, the soldering issues are. I was out flying it the other day, and it was going great, and then it just went. Yeah, but that's because we, we're, we're still learning throttle management. <laughs> no, it wasn't the battery. No, it was. There is something wrong with the Pololu in that stupid thing. Um, because I'm always having to re-solder those connections. And, and it just, they keep. Sounds like the flight controller is losing power or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. It's like, get away from power. us. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, get a we'll, PDB we'll, with like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, actual. From 1993. I've never. Uh, no one uses the Lulus anymore. No. Yeah. yeah no. We've okay. all. Well, you're you're talking to an idiot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll fix you up, Pat. Don't worry. We'll we'll get okay. that. Okay. I, I need it. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So so big question um, is: Did any of you guys do RC before you went to FPV? Was it any RC experience, or did you guys just dive straight into the FPV thing? I went straight in. Uh, I think Kevin flew RC uh, airplanes before he got into the flew uh, flight uh, test stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My yeah. first. Uh, well, I mean, I flew a little bit of RC with my dad as a kid, but like, oh, okay, it was so many years before that it didn't really translate for you know on a site. But uh, I built a F Delta. Hated it. Almost got right out of the hobby. Uh, then, then I built an FT Flyer, and that thing was amazing. Oh, that's and, such um, a great play. And that was my first. Yeah, <laughs> I flew the hell out of that guy forever. And then I built a bunch of the uh, FT Delta, or the, wait, not the FT Delta, the, um, what was the other wing with the center oh, section? Uh, no, 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 the, um, um, I know. Versa, the Versa, Versa wing. Versa Thank wing. you. Okay. Yeah. I, I built you a bunch of the blunt nose Versa wings and uh, and put FPV gear in them and actually messed around putting in flight controllers to do like auto level mode in them and cool stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. So, Not yeah, straight it's, to quads. Yep. Straight to quads. And now <laughs> you're in the airplane a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I went the other way around, which yeah. is, I guess, less heard of now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about any helicopters? Regular helicopters. I've right? flown like the little cheap blade ones from like the hobby store, but I've never not any of the big guys or 
Yeah. Anything wild? They, they terrify me. Yeah. yeah no, me they, too. Yeah. They scare the hell out of me. <laughs> Whirling blades of death. Yep. Exactly. Our it's general consensus here is that we actually make fun of. There's a, another sister podcast that we we uh, uh, frequently bring up, which is the Freefall RC podcast. You're about to say that we hate. And I heard that. Yeah, he did. Oh no 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 no! Wait, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> because we bash on them all the time for flying the whirly birds of death um, all the time. Because I kid you not, they started the podcast literally talking all about planes and then they got into helis and it just, it was a downward spiral. It just, it's been, it's, it's downhill ever since. And then yep. to make matters worse, they brought on Fred Pogris. Which, and, and they drug him into the helicopters. Exactly. It's, it's a virus. <laughs> <laughs> and there, and we so love we, we love those guys. We give them a hard time all the time. Their hashtag is literally save the hobby. Mm. Yeah, no, I know. It's terrible. Anyway, we love you yeah, guys at Freefall. I mean, this, you're the hobby, obviously. You're yeah. running the hobby. Yeah. With, with your antics. <laughs> Pretty clearly, yeah. secretly hate them, though, because it slipped out. <laughs> well, Dang it, you weren't supposed to reveal my secret gap. <laughs> you revealed it. Who didn't reveal it? Yeah. <laughs> we just called you out on it. <laughs> God damn it. That's why we edit our show, man. Uh, exactly. Well, that's true. That's true. I have the editing power. I'm like schizo in that I didn't have any RC experience and that I'm now interested in planes, kind of. So I have the same uh, MO on that. But John, do you, did you, have you found a plane that you've flown and liked yet? Everything I've seen and, and at least been around flying is like so wobbly that it doesn't seem fun. I'm interested in other oh, people. You mean, are, FPV or line of sight? FPV. Um, I don't have too much FPV. The only FPV plane, uh, or I flew an FPV wing, the flight the flight test arrow. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I flew that and it, it was all right, but I don't have much of a reference point because I've never done it before. Right. Um, yeah. I, know that, I know that the sweep wings are pretty stable, the larger ones. Right. Um, but you know, with planes, obviously, the larger you go, the more stable they are. Yeah. So that that and if they have a tail, the the trouble with flying wings is because they don't have any vertical surface. They get all wibbly wobbly, which I know what you're talking about. Gap. They have that wing waggle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. What we like to call the hip swing. Um, but the uh, the the planes, as long as they have a tail, like. Um, if you've heard of uh, Visual Aerial Systems or uh, Stone Blue Airlines, uh, they have a couple of planes, uh, the Wyron the, the and the um, Spectra are two planes that come to mind with big vertical surfaces, and they don't seem to have that same wag that the wings do. Cool. Yeah, I'd be super curious to see what people coming from, like people like Schizo coming from FPV, people who are great at FPV with mini quads moving to planes and getting the satisfaction out of it. Because that's what I would like to do, but I don't want to do all the legwork. So hopefully, mm-hmm. gets I can do it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think what Chris is doing is really not uh, uh, not FPV in him. I mean, he's he's going directly into the 3D, the big, oh. the big uh, H540s and the you know the cap you know 232 or whatever. I mean, he's getting into some of the really nice big 3D planes, and you really. That would, to me, would be really tough to FPV. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got 110 inch wingspan planes. Um, yeah, that wouldn't fit where I live. Inch. <laughs> yeah. Darn. Yeah, that that's gigantic. So, but yeah, I don't so, think FPV would work very well because it just kind of cripples your perception. I mean, you could do some interesting things with it, but but it wouldn't be the same. 
Yeah. Right. Um, huh. Yeah, you, be shooting, you wouldn't be shooting any gaps with them. But, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, but you, I, put, I did strap a GoPro to one of mine one time and flew it around and then reviewed yep. the footage and surprisingly stable. It's not like all over the place. I mean, it was tracking like rails. Yeah. yeah. Big, huh. as Joshua Orchard would say, big definitely does fly better. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of covered this a little bit, but have any of you guys flown quads line of sight? Mm-hmm. Or do you enjoy it at all? Uh, I much would much rather FPV, but I mean, I mean, my only line of sight is just testing if my new build hovers or not. Yeah. That's about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Tail and only. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we have a we have a rule that you have to maiden everything because we we're in the, on that Slack group, and so we have kind of a funny <laughs> joke about if you maiden something and you talk about it, you have to you have to do it in your living room and film it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Nope. That sounds. I'm not gonna do that. That sounds yeah, like brilliant. Um, have hardwood floors. I don't. <laughs> yeah. No. Thanks. I, I got a 65 inch TV. No way. I I rent, <laughs> so no. <laughs> yeah, that's um, not happening. With line, I got I got good enough at line of sight to be able to like. Like what what Schizo was saying, to be able to do, like do flips and stuff and snap rolls to kind of get to do quick tuning stuff back when you had to do tuning like with your laptop. Um, so I got back when I had to do, like use Kiss and use my laptop to tune. I would just but instead of putting the goggles on every time, you just you know do your little thing, set it down, flip flip flip, and then you know you'd kind of see any bounce back or any kind of uh, eye term uh, waggle or whatever. So that's back then I used a lot more line of sight, and now I just. Like if, if like the ground is gross, I'll, you know, I'll bring it in and then take my goggles off and hover it back and catch it. But as far as like line of sight acrobatic stuff, I'm not that interested in it. And I have terrible vision. And so like as soon as it's 10 feet away, it's just a ball of props. that I don't know which way is which. <laughs> it's very safe. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, so in terms of progression, um, would you guys consider yourselves to have progressed quickly in the hobby or a little bit slower? And what are your recommendations for people progressing through? Um, I think it probably mainly depends on like what you want out of the hobby, you know, like, like I, the progression is more of like relative to yourself, right? Like. Do you want to be the best in the world? Do you want to be better than the guy down the street? You know, and uh, I don't know. I already forgot the question. My ADD kicked in. Happens to us all the time. Hey, Pat, where were you? Pat, where were you? <laughs> Squirrel. Honestly, <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Honest, I have ADD really bad. So I was like, I was sitting there like, I was like, yeah, I got this. And I was like, ooh, shiny. Squirrel. So that Kevin would like maybe Kevin or Gaffet would feed off of it and just like yeah. keep going, but no one, no, no one chimed in. It was just silence. I was like, all oh, again. No, I'm you dig that hole. Well, in all honesty, John, we we literally have those squirrel moments on the regular because of that guy in the green that we were telling you about. He has squirrel moments like you wouldn't believe. So it's totally okay. Okay. Look, they 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 tell me uh, I can't focus on a single thing. I, I just have a lot going on, man, and, and there's a lot to do, and and, and you got to get it done. And sometimes it's during a podcast. I, what am I going to do? <laughs> kind of like Corey and short ribs, you know, during a yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Yeah, you no, no. Uh, 
I, I think okay, Shipto's so, point to pick it up where he left off was you should define your goal, right? If your goal is to be mm -hmm. better at acrobatic flight than somebody or to be the top level of acrobatic flight, or if your goal is just to make smooth footage or whatever, I or think defining race. Yeah. Or race. Or yeah, race, exactly. Yeah. I, that's how little I think about racing. I don't even think about it. I know. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, of course, the three pilots that we bring in are all freestyle pilots. Yeah. None of them race. <laughs> yeah. No, the, but yeah. Go ahead. The funny thing about that, though, is I've always just, dis like like uh, Gavin just said, I've always like just discounted racing. Like I know it exists, but it just never appealed to me because my, my outlook on it was when I got into drones, the exciting aspect about it was like being able to to fly over trees and see what it looks like on, you know, being a bird, basically kind of like exploring where, where racing, I feel like is the opposite of that, right? Like you're above the ground the whole time. You can do that in a car or, yeah, or you know, an RC these car. Flying machines, these like amazing first person yeah. flying machines and then race them three feet off the ground. To yeah. Let's just keep them on the ground the whole time. That sounds like a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I did pick up a Velocidrone thanks to Kevin and Steele mentioning it and trying to, and uh, that, I mean, racing is pretty fun in its own right, for sure, especially if the tracks are kind of interesting. Yeah, so, last night yeah. we got uh, Schizo on Velocidrone and some of those SFPV tracks and uh, with Tommy and Drew and John and Willard, and John was just destroying it. He kept laying down the hot lap and pissing off Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But to, you know, to, to uh, their favor, they were all drunk and I was not. So I was taking advantage of the sober. Well, and and, and yeah. I can't imagine that any of the gaming that you've done over the years uh, probably hurts that at all, right? Uh, I, yeah, probably not. I yeah. wouldn't think it would. <laughs> the hand and eye coordination is there. I mean, I used to be a pro gamer, so I mean. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can, I, can I just, can we just go down? How old are you guys? Like, uh, Jonathan, how old are you? 37. Okay, Kevin. 36. I'll be 37 this month. Or and next month. You old. Gavin. <laughs> I'm 31. I'm 31 or 31. Yes. Okay. okay. 31. Oh, <laughs> I, like I, like I like that. I like that. What about Klingon? Yeah. Okay, yes. so I got to say I'm impressed because I expected a couple of like 25s coming out there, and I'm glad that didn't happen because I, I'm about to turn 47 here. Representing uh, the millennial okay. population. Okay, I'm <laughs> leaving now. 1990. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> 26. I was 27. Cruising, I was cruising 27. the for chickies when you were born. Yeah. <laughs> 27. Yeah, yeah I know. okay. <laughs> I also just came to the country in 20, uh, sorry, 2006. So, yeah, that was that too. Um, but, yeah, that's fun. Um, so... Um, so in terms of uh, tech, because you guys, okay, so first of all, I know obviously John is a representative of uh, race flight, but do you guys think that the technology has allowed you guys to advance to the degree that you have, or has it aided in the process in any way? Um, and do you think that for new pilots, the technology is at a point where it's easier for people to get into it? Um. The technology is definitely better now. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I mean, when we started, it was just basically like open pilot and clean flight. Those are like your options. I got a multi wee board up there. Or okay, multi wee too, but that's even like yeah. I have a naser of one somewhere. Yeah. Wait, wait, multi wees fly great. What are you guys talking about? No, we we're not discrediting them. We're just saying like 
compared but, but, to but what the they were. Point is, like, like, <laughs> and Kevin and I don't know when Gaffet started, uh, but when did you start Gaffet? Like, how? I started in February of 2016. So I started like right when the Nays Rev Five came out. Okay, so you're you're, uh, you're fairly new-ish, kind of. But yeah, like, anyway, so we had Clean Flight and Open Pilot, and there was absolutely no information online. Like there was there was nothing no, you, yeah. you could go you could go deep into. Um, Oscar what, was, what was the forums that we always went to? RC, RC, group, RC, RC groups. groups. Yeah. You could go into deep into those forums and hope to God that someone had the same issue you did on why your on why your receiver won't turn on or something. And then um, there were no YouTube videos. The only YouTube videos was basically Boris and Metal Danny and like Sharpu. Those were the only people. Uh, and yeah, good luck getting a hold of them, right? So um, you are really on your own. So now it's like all the hard, I mean, all the, all the firmware is out there. All the hardware is just like so much further along that it's just, I, I, w I can't imagine. It's just like point your finger and it'll probably fly good, you know? So uh, I don't know. ADD kicked I, in again. Kevin, yeah, take over. No, I, I agree. <laughs> the, the, the progression, Sorry, guys. like, I think I misstated earlier. I started about a year earlier than I said. I said 2015. It was like more like 2014. But uh I started, we were on the Nays 32s before the Rev 5s and, you know, running Clean Flight and then, um, yeah, Clean Flight 1.9. And Ooh. that was like the jam forever. And that you had to tune. The tuning now, there's such a wide range of PID values that uh, will fly good. And uh, back then you had to just nail it and really hope to uh, – not not only just nail your tune, but there were a lot of weird quirks that you had to fly around that we don't really have to deal with now. There was air sure. mode. You had to be really careful about what you did at men throttle. Um, there was none of this anti-gravity. You had to be really smooth on the throttle transitions and uh, and also doing like uh, adding in pitch and roll movements as you made aggressive uh, throttle adjustments. So th we learned a lot of flying around it. I'm not saying that there's anything uh, – against uh, people that are starting out right now because obviously we still had a lot of help from clean flight like you can't you can't discount what uh, the software and the hardware was doing for us back then but mm -hmm. uh, it's you've got uh, it's a little bit easier uh, to get started with these days and, and like John was saying so much more information I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of irrelevant information I read through on RC <laughs> groups, just hoping to find like one thing. Yeah. You know? Well, not, not only that, but the, many not, like excluding the flight uh, controller firmware is also the ESC. Like, like people got to understand that like one shot, multi-shot, D shot, none of these were out. Um, it was all opto ESCs back then. It was all PPM, which yep. is obviously super light latent uh, RC link. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just better. I mean, I, I I'm not, I don't, I, I'm envious for people starting now because they just come in and they're going to have a great flying setup and they can just focus on getting better instead of yeah. worrying about all the technical um, problems that they might, you know, run into. Especially so. now with wait, wait, sim wait, let me, let me, let me go, go on, go on, Pat. You can say these things are all great, but then an idiot like me comes along and trust me, I create enough of my own issues. So that's going to be a question coming down the line soon from me to you. So, Joel, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, especially now, and this is coming from the perspective. So just, just to give you guys a little bit of a background, my first quad was an HMB-235 from Multi-RC, um, running an A's 1 um, on PPM 
with a CMOS cam and all the fun nice. stuff that came with that. Yeah. Nice, oh, trust man. me. Yeah. I yeah. had I had the original setup too, so I know yeah. the pain. Um, and I just remember back in those days, like not having a simulator, just uh, like you running in hori- uh, horizon mode and then getting into rate mode and letting the difficulties of rate mode and not having air mode and scaring the crap out of yourself when you accidentally arm your quad and the flight controller isn't directly tied into your frame. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> so, yeah, no, actually, it was outside my back porch, not far from my living room. So, that's actually not far from the truth. I got the scar to prove it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I completely empathize with that pain. Do you think that by the same degree that simulators now, like you were saying um, from your experience, especially yesterday with the racing stuff, do you think that simulators are also making the gateway to entry easier? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Getting there. I mean, I don't think that I don't think simulators will ever perfectly replicate the physics of a quad, but it's so close now that you can really at least understand what it takes to keep it. Well, yeah, you can understand, you know, the the basic controls and inputs of, of flying a, a quad, you know. You know, back in the day, we you had to build it, hope to God that it worked and then <laughs> yeah. go fly it and then just explode <laughs> propellers like just I, I literally had trash cans full of broken propellers yeah uh, they were made and, of glass back then yeah they didn't <laughs> yeah. have yeah exactly on top of that yeah. they didn't have non-breakable props back then so you like a big mop and they yeah. explode. Yep. exactly <laughs> yeah. um do you think so earlier like because I, I think your point kind of too is that tuning now is almost a matter of preference it's like just how do you want to feel better mm-hmm. whereas back in the day like if you didn't tune it very 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 well it wouldn't it yeah. would barely fly and it certainly would be good footage oh 100 percent hundred percent. And, you know, the other point to the tuning thing is, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, there was an emphasis, especially, you know, you got channels like Joshua Bardwell, who fo- who has a heavy, heavy emphasis on the tune of a quad and the, the way that it flies and getting it to fly exactly how you as a pilot want it to fly. But back then it was just getting it out the gate flying well you needed a set of PIDs that worked well for the particular frame that you had. Um, Now, uh, we lost Pat. (laughs) Um, Of course. Um, He'll be back. back. Um, But, you know, now now it's a case of what feels right for you in terms of the PIDs. So my PIDs that I love, I'm close to finalizing a tune on mine, is going to be totally different from the way that everybody else's is because that's the way I like to fly it. Right. But back in the day, like there was one correct pit, like tune or very one very small window of tune for your rig. Whereas mm-hmm. I think what you're saying now is that it can be like anywhere. Wide like open. A huge spectrum of what it can be. Mm-hmm. It still fly well, great, yeah. but feel different. But before it had to be this like one narrow window. Yeah. I think the defaults on all the firmwares fly good enough for about 98% of the people, but then there's going to be that 2% that want to tweak it to, to be more towards their liking. Cause like, for example, I could fly Kevin's quad and be like, Oh, this flies like crap. Yeah. And he could fly mm-hmm. my quad and think, and, think, and think the same thing. You got, you kind of like, again, it's, it's, I think the tune is like 80% of it. And then there's that 20% that's more of a personal feel of the craft. Cause it, um, do you think there was an advantage to having to learn to fly around a bad tune back in the day? Like the way you fly, especially John is like, it's mesmerizing because it's so smooth and so free of oh. prop wash. And you can tell like, mm-hmm. I don't think you ever would have 
develop that style of flight if you didn't have to fly around because like what, what the smooth sweeps are just avoiding prop wash and that's kind of like i imagine that's where that started and if that if you just started now and you could just go like this and then stop and have no prop wash i bet you wouldn't have started fl flying so smoothly so yeah I, I, that did kind of start because in the clean flight era 1.9 that kevin mentioned mm -hmm. we didn't have the whole era mode like if you if you went to min throttle you would basically just fall out of the sky yeah so you really <laughs> had to like you had to really be in control of the throttle and that's where that, a lot of that came from was trying to do the smooth curves yeah and i was very careful about that and now it's just easier to do now but mm -hmm. i think yeah I, think, I definitely think it did help me for sure yeah i think so too yeah yeah no I, and the i think the other part of that is that a hundred percent the the tunes back in the day that you were on a narrow window but now it's at a point where every pilot is so close in skill level that even a slight difference in the way that a quad flies could improve their flying skill um, just because it feels better to them and they can adapt to that tune a little bit better as well. So from from my perspective, um, learning the process of a good tune and how a good tune feels versus a completely untuned quad, um, I, I, I still... Can know I, I don't know about you guys, but especially because of where where we come from, I can definitely tell when a quad is untuned or where the errors in the tune come from because I've had that experience of knowing where that is, and I almost feel like it could potentially be lost if that makes sense because someone hasn't had that experience. Yeah, lost art because it's also I'm, I'm just I lost. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> It, like, I, think I don't, I don't know what each other totally is. You can totally get away with not learning how to tune, or just load beta flight or whatever, and then go fly, and it'll be fine for the most part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So people starting out could never learn how to. That's fine. Well, it's uh, kind of like uh, it's it's kind of I'm I'm into cars too, so it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like cars though. Like if you go out and buy a Corvette, right? Most people are going to be like, this yeah. is awesome, this is fast, but there might be that small percentage of people that really know what a Corvette can do and they're going to tweak the suspension and they're going to do things to it to be more towards their liking. And it's similar, it's very similar to Quad, it's the same concept, mm -hmm. um, though much cheaper than a Corvette. <laughs> much. <laughs> I don't know, I've probably spent enough money. I could probably Okay, okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> maybe, maybe not over time. Yeah. I play my all platinum, so I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the thing that's really cool about the, the biggest thing that I loved about like racing is cool. It's cool to see people race and do this crazy course like the DRL and all that stuff and do it really, really fast. But freestyle was more this actually has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to bring it up. But freestyle was always super uh, like my focus is because it was more of an expression, kind of like an art style. Like I can see Kevin fly. Uh, I can see uh, Steel fly. I can see Johnny FPV fly. All these different fly. I see Gap it, whatever. Uh, I don't even have to see their name and I'll know who it is. And uh, that, yeah. that's like a cool thing. And that, that never lost its transition even till now. Uh, so that's uh, one of the cool things. So I don't really care how well these quads fly out of the box. I still think there's a lot of personality that goes into it. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It just makes and, it more and I'll say that. Yeah, I watch you and I am so inspired by your flying, John, because it is so smooth and I, I don't know. You can you can almost tell there's feeling there when you're flying, and of course you know you do your edits and stuff, and and I yeah, see it's the just music, all you know, edits and music selection. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm telling you, I, 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 oh yeah, 
It's really funny that you bring that up, though, Mike, because my next question to these guys is, um, do you think that video production and video editing helps to boost the visual stimulation that one would get from um, the flying footage? Absolutely. I yeah. think, uh, yeah. I mean, I tend to lean towards more <laughs> of the really relaxed stuff. And that that that's just kind of my thing. I think it goes really well with the smooth stuff where Kevin might have a more energized uh, track because he's more like all over the place and just like nailing all these crazy gaps and holes. And yeah, just, like, I like the I like the rock music that yeah. you use, Kevin. <laughs> and, it, and it works. It's like perfect. It's like a nice. Uh, I don't know. That's what I love. It reminds me. Kevin's flying reminds me a lot of the old school skateboarding days. You know, when you just listen to cool like yeah. rock music or punk rock or whatever. And there's these guys doing gnarly things. And uh, that's what Kevin, Kevin kind of brings that back. And I, I like that. Yeah. It's very yeah. I think yeah. Gap. Yeah. Yeah. Gap style is actually the one that I assimilate mine closest to, um, is the more flowy straight lines with uh, odd flippy floppy <laughs> here and there. Um, uh -huh. But I, I have to say, I have been stealing your flip cut trick um, for my edits as of late. And it's, it, it's working quite well. Were you the one well. that started that, <laughs> I started doing it from a long time ago, and it got attributed to me, but I didn't invent it. Okay. I mean, just like, I also didn't invent, like, you know, we didn't invent putting music to moving pictures to, a, like, elicit an emotional response either. But, yeah, I love the flip cut, because I, I don't, I, transitions are always going to be weird unless they're to the beat, and they're even then they're kind of abrupt. And so that was like my weird mm -hmm. cheap way of doing it way back when, when I had to do a lot of small clips to like get two minutes of flight that was watchable. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And they're always kind of fun. It's fun to get like zapped into something else. Although like a year ago now, Kevin, like on Facebook was like, this flip cut talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually watching. I was actually watching Kevin's face when I was asking you the question if you created the flip. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin, yeah. that I'm still using no, it's, that. It's fine. I'm still not a fan. I mean, people can do it, but I think at the time, to be fair to me, uh, it was getting. I think it was getting a lot of overuse. People have kind of toned it down, and uh, yeah, whatever. Kind of like my speed ramp thing you know like everyone's doing that now it's just like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, so and another another thing uh, that uh, you know I, I I attribute very closely with gaps videos is flying very low close to uh, proximity of an item and flying in a very straight stable format um, which the as a pilot we know that that is a particularly high level skill to be able to get close to the ground without it looking shaky without looking like it it loses control do you think that some of those may come across as boring in footage or is it more pleasing like what what are your feelings on like things that are more simple instead of like flippy floppies all over the place I think, I think anything can get old. Anything gets blown out because, like, for a while there, the big rage was cinematic, whatever that means. Um, yeah, it's just when you put the black bars above your. <laughs> I think that's letterbox. I think yeah. is what that is. Okay. I think, but as far as like slow, controlled things, I think it does. I think it's cool because it captures both audiences. It both is for pilots because pilots know technically how hard it is to stay that controlled and stable, and also people that aren't really into FPV. I think that. A lot of flips that that aren't bent for anything. A lot of flips that are just arbitrary. 
are exhausting and they, you get worn out watching somebody flip around. Um, so a nice, stable, clean flight every once in a while is interesting to people that don't fly, interesting to pilots, and it's a good way to kind of have rhythm in your video because if, if your video is all stable, then it's boring. If it's all flip-flops, then at the end you, you're stressed out and you want to throw up. But if, if you have a cadence to it, then it's, it's like a song, you know? It builds up and you, it goes down and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Talk out of my ass. I, I, I agree. I think, it's, I think it's personal oh. preference, you know? Like I see like yeah. Steel and uh, who else? Who's that, who's, that, who's that other guy? Is it Web FPV? They do those gnarly just like all over the place. Like I look at that and I appreciate the skill, the technical skill that it takes to do that stuff because I can't do that stuff. Um, but I, I do kind of agree with you. If there's too much of it, it's just kind of like, you're just like okay, this has no meaning. He's just like slamming. He's we call them stick bangers in the in the in the mm -hmm. airplane world. They're just kind of yeah, slamming right. the stick, and hoping something cool happens. Um, so I think there's a. I think what he's. I think what we're really trying to say is there's kind of an importance to have some kind of like balance and also like a choreography of of elements. It's, it's not all about like how many flips you do or or how smooth you are. Even it's also the transitions and like what you choose to do uh, and string it together. You know. So so. So we were speaking, oh, I know this is a super hot topic, we were speaking on uh, videography and the feeling of, uh, you know, putting letterboxing in and, and uh, I know we have a, a, a close friend who utilizes a lot of, shall we say, B-roll footage in uh, letterbox format for vlogging purposes. What are your feelings on adding vlog formats to flight videos? Kevin? I, I, <laughs> I personally like it. I think a lot of the, uh, and I've, in my experience from like the response to videos that I made, I get a lot more response to say a, a video that is done in the style of a vlog where you have some hanging out, not necessarily, I, I try to make vlogs where it's just, okay, we're at a field and now we're doing this. Like there, there needs to either be something out of the normal happening or maybe you're testing something out or trying to complete some kind of challenge. But I feel like the having more of a story to go along with the uh, flight footage, it, it only helps. And then you need... At that point, you're looking at how do you transition and tell the story, and sometimes the B-roll is helpful for that. So I personally mm -hmm. like the vlogs, um, and uh, I think it's a it's a whole more – it's just a different avenue of expression and trying to make content, which is what we're all doing. I think that uh, I was absolutely against vlogging when it first started. I was just like, oh, I hate this. I just want to watch you know flights. But then – I think you can only kind of watch so much flight footage to the point where, you, you know, there's so many good pilots out there mm -hmm. that I think that the vlogging is kind of what differentiate, you know, it, it allows the uh, viewer to kind of connect with you a little bit more and kind of, there's a, more of a personality involved at that point. It's not about like how good you are. Cause I, I think even let's say a pilot with not as good skill level as like some of the top guys, but has a really good way of conveying you know how the day went or it was just really good in front of the camera can still be entertaining so it just i don't know i, I was against it just mainly because i just don't like being in front of cameras uh <laughs> but I, I'm, all, I'm all for it now though I'm, I'm like kevin i think it's a it's a it's a, uh, a just a different dimension to what we used to be doing i think what well, kevin was saying and both you guys that it's a good uh tool for narrative it helps create make a story and tell a story and that makes it inherently more interesting Mm -hmm. um, I agree with that, and I wish that I had a more creative way to do that. 
I think my uh, objection to a lot of blogs is that they feel um, derivative. Like they feel like I'm making a vlog for the sake of a vlog. Like here is me making coffee and a Casey Neistat song, and then here's the airplane window. <laughs> and like okay, so there's a, I know what you're trying to say there because that that's going down the the like the trope of a vlog, right? Like that's, trope. That's, uh, the word, yeah. that's a better word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think. I, I'm t I don't like that either. That kind of gets really old as well. Mm -hmm. So you just, um, I don't know. Kevin makes some good ones. It's very like, he doesn't really do that much. It's more of just like, hey guys, we're going to test these new ESCs. Oh, one caught on fire. Check out some flight footage. I mean, you know, it's like, like it's just like a, yeah. I don't know. It's like, a, you know, it's like a nice. It's an intro and an outro kind of deal. Flight and you got to yeah. make sure that there's like, I, in my opinion, I think there should be more flight footage than vlogging, but it really just yeah. guess depends on the video. And, and um, honestly, that's the exact style that I use in my videos. Um, I've only released two because I just put a GoPro on my rigs because it's taken me a long time to progress. I had these guys on my quad for the longest time, if you recognize what that is. No, that is an Emacs right oh, there. old cooling series. So, old cooling series. That's yeah, no yeah. Reagan administration. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I told you, it took me a little while to advance. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so my rig is... Um, is now uh, GoPro ready. So I've only just really gotten into the ability to create um, good content. Uh, and I feel as a pilot that I'm at a point where I'm creating interesting footage as well. Um, but I, I agree. I think just posting the regular flight footage as it is, um, is not nearly as interesting as having a little bit of a narrative before and the after the fact. So what am I doing and what is the purpose of me going out and flying today and then going and posting the footage um, and then having a little bit of a uh, an outro, uh, a tail off. And this was a fun thing that I did. Um, last video, I was out with a guy chasing a 64-inch wing, which I've never done before. So having the ability to say, hey, by the way, this is something I've never done, posting the footage, and it, it was more interesting. Well, one of the things I will say, um, I do like the vlogging plus the flight because even though I, I've only met, you know, Jonathan for like 10 minutes, maybe at Joe Nall. I met Kevin at Flight uh, Fest last year uh, for like three minutes. I have never met Gappet, but one one thing I will say about the the vlog is, is it connects me with you guys and makes me feel like I know you even though I know I don't, but I do know your personality. I know how you fly. I know where you fly. I know all those things. And it gives me a connection to you and also makes me feel like, Hey, I can get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and that's, and that's what I need. Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a social, it's a, a social connection, right? It's a way to, mm -hmm. uh, you're not able to come fly with us, right? You're not able to come out and hang out with us. So it's kind of a, it's a way, it's an avenue to kind of feel like you're with us. And yes, you know, it's an escape Absolutely. for a minute, just like a flight video would do, I guess. That, mm -hmm. That's the only reason I watched flight videos originally. Cause when I was at work on my lunch break, I would pull up and watch metal Danny and Boris and all these guys I looked up to. And yep. uh, that was an escape. It was like three minutes of just like all this BS around me doesn't matter and all all that matters is the you know this kind of experience and that's what yeah. started it and uh, the, I think the, that, the best videos are like a flight in terms of it's three minutes of you escaping your brain mm-hmm mm -hmm. right 100%. Um, yeah let me let me ask this uh, how often do you guys go out and fly without recording never mm, uh, never yeah never. <laughs> okay let me ask this uh, uh, second question how how often do you guys go out and fly 
recording, but you never post it. All the time. A lot. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, guys seem to be 10% like of what I record. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he, here's what you guys are at the top of the top. You guys are at the top of your game. Uh, I see a lot of people posting uh, flight videos. I, I have flight videos on really expect anybody to watch them. I, I put them up there as sentimental value to me mostly. What do you mean? The sim and um, crash is amazing. Crash <laughs> is amazing. I, I will give you that. That That's the video I have. That and the 30 seconds of me going upside down through uh, rapids uh, in my kayak. That That's pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, I find most flight videos, you, you guys accepting because you guys are the top of the top. I find most flight videos to be horribly boring, even mine. I, I don't want anybody to watch them. I don't want to watch them. So uh, uh, let's That's be honest. pretty bad when you don't want to watch your own. <laughs> no, but it is. It is. I, I don't expect anybody to watch them because I'm not out there doing anything fantastic. But but it seems everybody's posting these things now. And what makes a uh video separate from a god damn that's a good video <laughs> I, uh again i think, I, think that, I, guess, I guess that's personal preference go ahead gaffet sorry I, I think two things i think that now like people it's it's hard it's it's harder to be impressed now because the novelty is over like a year and a half ago people just getting in the air and flying like with confidence was like that's the one of nine guys in the world that can do that mm -hmm. and it was really cool um, so I think I think that the that's the floor for like like flight aptitude is way high, um, and I also think the thing that makes because like you can't really explain what makes somebody like Johnny or or, or Kevin or or Schizo's flights more appealing. Oh, Gavin. Oh, Gavin. <laughs> oh, Gavin. <laughs> I think yeah. the thing that makes good flight appealing is uh, you can tell that it's deliberate, right? So like if you think of like a like a dancer, like I can go up and do like I can do like a spin or whatever. This is a dance, and it won't be impressive. But with a dancer, you can like you can you can predict what they're gonna do, and then they'll kind of build you up, and then they'll do it, and it's satisfying. And I think that if and what you see there is deliberation, like they're they're being deliberate and they're doing the thing that you are ready for them to do. And I think that only comes with like an insane amount of practice and aptitude and control. Um, I'm not sure if that makes sense at all, but I think it, it, that's really hard to quantify. But that's the thing that those guys it, have. What makes it good is a choreography. Now, when you guys go into filming a flight. Do you plan ahead, or is it more spontaneous in what you're doing? Um, I think Kevin and I have a, have a similar. We don't plan ahead, but we'll see something. We're like, I'm gonna hit that hole, and then, <laughs> and then and, and, like, we have something that catches our eye that just kind of makes the spot stand out. And then, but everything else in between is like we just make up and just kind of go with the flow. Uh, but we definitely yeah. involve that thing that we went there to do. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's not planned, and I think when it's not planned, it's the best because you can. Uh, uh, I feel like you can tell if you if you're planning to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and I, I think that that leads to a bigger conversation about flow and the way that flow impacts flights. Like when you get into the groove of a good flight and you just feel that each move connects seamlessly with one another, and you feel more connected and more 
there in the presence of the quad itself i think that's when the real flight actually begins i think you know we all we all joke about how the first pack we fly is always our worst because we're just getting back into the sticks but once you pick up that rhythm and that flow again i'm just in the zone i think that's the best flight footage that you get uh, what you feel like? Which is the best light that you get? Sorry, they, yeah. like once I'm in the flow, like oh, after yeah, the first yeah. pack gets knocked out, and I, yeah, like, you know, we, you brush the dust. When we off. go out and film and we fly and stuff, it's usually I'll film. Let's say I film 20 different flights for the day. Uh, I probably don't even look at the first like two thirds of the flights. I only concentrate on maybe like the last five flights because I know I was probably in the zone. I knew the spot more. Um, there's a lot of different factors, but uh, yeah, definitely the flow is essentially just like you just said how you string everything together like the uh the choreography of all of it you know and that's not something that you can just tell someone how to do it's just something that they have to like learn and and uh well but it's it's, it's truly an art form yeah i, I guess mean, so it yeah. truly is yeah no it, it i mean it, there to me there's no guessing to it because you know whether i'm watching you know stingy or, or gaffet or you i mean when you guys are doing this and you get in the zone you have something in your mind that you're trying to get out right you know that you're yeah. seeing mm -hmm. through that fpv camera and i mean i know what i want to see through my fpv camera but <laughs> these don't make it happen <laughs> oh it will so you know, mind in the hands it will yeah, yeah no <laughs> i think that the big but, dark secret with flow with flow big air quotes here is that what a lot of a lot of times what it is is like like skizzo was saying like you have a plan you say i'm gonna hit that gap and so you you involve that but inevitably on the way there on on the way back you're gonna screw up you're gonna you're gonna deviate from your plan and what flow i think really is is like smooth improvisation because the whole time you're flying like i don't care how well you plan it you're gonna screw up right away you're gonna come out of a flip a little bit skewed and if you have good flow, you'll use that and you'll kind of make it seem like you're doing it on purpose in a way. Uh, <laughs> whereas uh, I think that if you are a little less confident, then you'll kind of go, oh, God, I'm in the wrong way. And then you overcorrect <laughs> and then, uh, then you, you lose the flow. So I think, I, I think mm. you know, controlled falling, controlled improvisation is probably a better. Yeah, yeah that is a good, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah sometimes you do. Sometimes you might be planning to do a front flip and like you don't complete it, so you end up halfway. But then you like roll out of it and make yeah. it look like you intended to do that. Exactly. And that's just a quick. It's just your reflexes of like what's going on. And that's muscle memory at that point. Yeah. There, are, there are no wrong notes in jazz, so even a mistake. <laughs> <Sure> there are. <laughs> I agree. Give me a you are all, bad jazz. Sound like wrong notes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, jazz yeah, and swing. I think my piano's out of tune, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tighten up the screws there, Mike. Tighten up and, the screws. Well, I lost most game. of them. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so uh, moving on from from the videography side, um, I know, Gap, you've been pushing the long-range thing a lot more recently. What What is uh, – I'm curious about Kevin and John's. Um, what is your feeling on long-range uh, so I talked about this on my show and on Spun recently, so forgive me if I'm being repetitive, but I think <laughs> that there is, uh, there's two things happening. The first one is like the term long range, I think is a problem because what happens is you say long range and then inevitably all of the old timer, like keyboard warriors on Facebook will say, that's not long range. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, oh my God. And so like, whatever, that's like, what we're doing isn't long range, right? 
Um, so I think there's a there's a uh, vocabulary issue there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that the thing that I'm doing and that a lot of guys are also doing where it's just it's it's flying like like any of us do in a park or whatever. But just instead of having your footprint be, you know, like it was like it's been for the past two years, it's just five times bigger because you have a better, you know, RX, you have a better uh, link, you, have, you know, UHF link or whatever. And so when I when anything I say that long makes range, you a <laughs> anything that stresses you out, man. And when I say long range, it's usually never more than a kilometer, but it's but it's it's far enough away that I'm stressed out about it. Yeah. Um, and so there's no real term for that yeah. that I know of. Uh, some people have thrown around the term like free range, which I think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that the, the capital L long range, you know, that the Warriors talk about, I am not interested in. I don't think a lot of people are because what that is, is taking a very big, very shaky quad going up a thousand feet and then going out a mile. And like that is just inherently uninteresting to me. Um, and, uh, like if, if your video has to be sped up for ninety percent of it to be like, look at how far I went. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the big goal is to go far away, you no, yeah, no thanks. I actually started out though long range. I was super like interested in seeing how far I could go with RC, and then after I did it, I was like, well, did that, never going to do that again. Yeah, and yeah, there's too much money <laughs> out there. That it kind of, it just kind of loses yeah. its appeal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, but there's nothing wrong. Like I, I'm not on. I'm not doing crossfire or any of that stuff yet. Um, because I think 2.4 is good for me, but there's definitely nothing wrong uh, with, like you just said, like, uh, you know, expanding the bubble or sec securing a better connection. Like, why wouldn't you want a better connection or a better penetrating signal, you sure. know? So, yeah, there's nothing and, wrong with that. And that's what all my stuff is. Like, all of my, you know, quote-unquote long-range rigs are just my five-inch rigs with Crossfire on them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you run 200 milliwatt. Uh, video transmitter? Yes. Uh, I run like depends on the situation. If I'm in concrete, I'll run like 350. If I'm sure. out in the woods, 800. He's like I run five yeah. watts. <laughs> five watts. Just a moving Radiation. EMP. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you that. You see things falling out of the sky. As you fly. <laughs> yeah, like birds yeah. Just, like, coming through and dropping. Yes. Uh, too funny. Kevin, what what are your thoughts yes. on uh, on the long range thing? Uh, I, I am, uh, on board with what, uh, Gapit had to say. I, uh, all of my quads now are running crossfire. I like, uh, the, it's a solid link. Um, and it, for the most part to me, it's the ability. Do you want to tell them about what happened when you try to show off on crossfire? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah i know right now you <laughs> open that can of worms um <laughs> no so just the ability to uh to to stretch out your footprint and have a reliable link because there there are times i have fail safe on the, the tyrannus just pushing my luck trying to do something like you know, in some of these office parks, uh, peeking around and pulling off something around the corner on the backside of the building real quick. Even though I know the video is going to be complete garbage, but I see enough to, you know, get around that tree or whatever. Uh, having the confidence to know that it's not fail safe when I stretch the 5.8 link, the 5.8 link to its limits um, it is nice. So. Sure thing. Yeah. So the, so the real thing is, is it's not, 
true long range by definition of what the old FPV or old school long range, like, you know, the big gliders that people used to take up like five kilometers and just glide around just funsies. Um, I'm in the same boat. Um, Right now I'm running a QX7 um, and the range that I got on it, I mean, the last video that I posted from where uh, Champions Gate, which is like eight miles that way, um, I had the same thing. I was 2,000, 2,000 meters out and had just fine radio connection, but that's really all I needed. I know if I had a crossfire, I could push it further than that. Um, It's just a question of comfort level um you you fly within your bounds based on the technology that you have and leading into because uh, we don't want to keep you guys for too much longer but um just to kind of wrap things up a little bit um let's talk a little bit about the setups that you guys all run and um just the the uh, equipment that you guys are running on all of your rigs uh starting out with gap i think your rig is probably the most interesting uh, rig with the. Uh, Give me two seconds. I'm out of here. I'll grab it. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, let me grab mine real quick. Oh god. Yeah, guys, we just you know we we, we want to keep you on here for as long as you you know you'll stay, but at the same time, okay, I know I'm you guys got yeah. going on. So. This is mine. This More is my ribs, short ribs. crazy. F- yeah. Oh no. You you enjoy that all you want. <laughs> so I'm still flying the old school H quads because I love the way that this thing flies. It's technically a true X in configuration, but it just it's so fun and stable. Um, okay, Wait, so, so it's an H quad and a true X. Yes, it's in in alignment. It's yeah. a true X, but it's got the shape of an H. Interesting. Okay. And it Sorry, flies yeah, it really stable. Right. Sorry. I'm very upset. <laughs> this is going to be a level of piss. Uh, okay, so my rig is this guy. I just built this the other day. So hey. it's, um, it's a Hexover R5 LX, which is actually supposed to be a bottom mount frame. Yep, I have um, one. <laughs> so all you got to do is on top, you clip this little, little hole here. The clip, and you can then mount your battery on top and sideways, which is what I do. The colloquialism there is called toilet tanking, which is hilarious in its own right. Um, <laughs> and that does that. a few things. I, I like having the battery on top. I think most other people here do too for freestyle mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it keeps the center of mass yep. in line with the GoPro for the most part. I just like it. Um, so that's that. Uh, I got my very silly crossfire antenna sticking out the top. <laughs> Just so that they're never impeded, like they're never blocked by anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I run, like the, I run the the hobby wing stack on everything. It's like the forty amp, uh, ES, all four and one ESC, and then it just kind of like you know goes into pins onto the FC. So it's like the easiest build ever. Mm-hmm. And then these are the new Emacs twenty two hundred seven light specs that are great. They're like That's thirty very grand. nice, very very nice motor. Yeah, um, and so I have a bunch of I have four of these. That are essentially the same, and I uh, I break a lot of them, <laughs> and so in- instead of bringing parts with me, I just bring extra plugs. <sighs> Guess I'll go uh, get mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so- while he's going to get his, the, the one thing about it that's weird is the toilet tank, the the battery yeah. being sideways. And my philosophy on that is, at first it was just to get a battery on top. Um, it had to go sideways uh, on this frame, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I come kind of shoehorning logic into it, but really what it is in my brain is if you took, if somebody said, here's a GoPro and here is a battery now make them as tight as possible together. You wouldn't line them up like a hot dog, right? 
you'd put you'd like put one side. Wait, wait, wait. You mean you mean like this? Like that's not a very tight center of mass. <laughs> no, right? no, it's, it's very wide, very yeah. very wide. And so like this, when the battery is sideways and then the GoPro's there, it's all one little ball. Um, and so in my brain, at least, and who knows how much this really affects flight, but it, in my experience, the tighter the ball of mass, the easier it is to tune, the better it flies, and you know the less drag there is. It's just better in every way, in my opinion. Sure thing. Uh, the closer, yeah, the closer you have everything to the uh, to the center mass, the lower the rotational inertia, so the easier it is to move in any dimension. Totally agree. And and that's even like and even stuff like a four in one ESC, like that's taking like how much the ESCs weigh, you know, five, six, seven grams, like that's mm -hmm. you're still taking that off of the edge. So you're like you're consolidating all the mass you can into one little ball. Um and and it looks silly, but I, I really, really like how it flies. Yeah. Hmm. Kevin? All right. Well, uh, my I, I thought that I had a quad up here, but apparently all my gear is still in the car. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I'm flying the Stingy frame, obviously, from x -Hover. I wonder why. Uh, you mean this thing, right? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> yes, that thing. I noticed the shirt earlier. I didn't say anything about it. But uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, so welcome. the Stingy frame, uh, running the beta. My current favorite setup is the beta uh, F4 flight controller and PDB combo, and uh, the Betaflight uh, 35 amp BL Heli 32 ESCs, and uh, using um, Triumphs and Unifies on the video, along with the uh, Runcam Swift V2 or the Rotor Riot Runcam Swift V2. So uh, yeah, I think that pretty much rounds it out. Oh, and the Venom packs. Venom. Venom, venom. You're running venom, venom batteries right now? Yeah. Yeah. And last but by no means least, John. <laughs> What's up? I finally found one that wasn't exploded. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, I fly top-mounted and bottom-mounted batteries. Uh, my original dark matter frame is actually uh, a bottom underslung design. Uh, but you can also mount it on top, but you have to do what Gapit style. What did you call that? Where you do it like sideways? Toilet tanking. Yes. Toilet tanking. Like I will not tank. call it that, but. <laughs> <laughs> sideways, <laughs> sideways mount. Yeah. Reach <laughs> birth. So I've, I've been doing that lately where I run it toilet tanking style with the battery horizontally and the GoPro. I usually use a TP. I, I, was, I just built this one for Rotoriot, so. Um, I don't have a, a GoPro mount on it, but essentially it's just a TPU, you know, pod that goes on top to hold the GoPro. Uh, but it runs the race flight stack, which is the uh, Schizo Revolt uh, flight controller and the Schizo Bolt, which is actually the all-in-one 30 amp ESC. And it has a single wire that connects all of it together. So there's no soldering uh, except for um, obviously your FPV gear, right? the motor leads and the receiver. So uh, we have a future one coming out where you won't really be doing those either. But uh, and then I'm of course running my motors, the uh, 2206, 2450 kV purple uh, schizo motors, and then my frame. Like the, that's the one with the ceramic bearing in it. Is that correct? It is the ceramic bearing, nice and smooth. <laughs> yeah, the smooth. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. No, you can't hear that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't hear it anyway. I I, I, I I know this this smooth thing. It's it's. I hear it. I hear it. it's going. I'm flying Futaba receiver because I'm on the Futaba team. Yeah, congratulations! That's Thank a you. fairly new thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got I kind of joined them because I was doing airplane stuff too, so they make you know really good you know higher end radios for that. So 
Uh, and then of course, Lumineer uh, BTX. I usually run 600 milliwatt, 5.8. And then I'm running the Rotorite uh, Swift 2 on this particular uh, frame, so. Very nice. Uh, ju just, just a quick poll, super quick. And then uh, we promise we will start to close out here. Cool. Um, super quick. What is um, what is the lens that you guys are running on your cams? I have the it's a really big one point eight. Uh, giant. Oh dang! Oh my god! <laughs> that is. Uh, that I'm in love gigantic. with. I will not play any other lens. The trouble is, it doesn't fit on most. Can, can you can you see behind your quad on that one? <laughs> I can see. <laughs> is it a three sixty cam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see his past, and I can see uh, his head. That's past. why that's, he flies so smooth. We yeah. figured it out, yeah, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm flying the. Uh, so for a long time, I was running the, those GoPro-like lenses on my mm -hmm. split, and uh, and I've found that the new 2.1 lenses from Runcam, I prefer those actually. Uh, it's about the same build of view, and uh, I don't notice any difference in image quality. The one big thing that I didn't like about the GoPro style lenses was uh, they're just more fragile. They would uh, I would end up with elements loose on the inside, and so you get jiggly footage. Or it's just a lot more surface area to get hit and get scratched up and busted. Mm -hmm. No one can survive the wrath of Stingy. He's like, I mean, you just fly into a cement wall at full speed and it didn't survive. Like, screw this. Well, yeah. Hey, it, it, it's camera versus cement. I wonder who wins that battle. Uh, that's funny. Uh -huh. Let me ask you, since we're doing polls, what? And because I know that I saw that Schizo had a Axie antenna with an SMA connector, and uh, Stingy said he was using a Triumph. Do you guys, did anybody run the little dipoles ever? I've been nope. like, how often do you break those? That's an ion right there, VAS ion in the tail of mine. These are dum-dums. Dum-dums? <laughs> I like yeah, the dum-dums. Put a little dum-dum sticker around it and it'll look just like a dum-dum. Do those break on you at all? Because like they're hard, they're hard mounted to the top. Do they ever bust um, the SMA? I haven't busted the SMA, uh, SMA but I have uh, this little, uh, the guy with the, the PCB board inside. I don't, I don't know how they work, I'm oblivious. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes if you hit them hard enough, this will freely spin and kind of term terminate the connection. Mm. Uh, and, and you can still use it, but your reception is just not quite as good. Uh, but yeah, they, they do get damaged just like anything, but they're pretty resilient. Yeah. I've been using these little, this, can you see it? The tiny little dipole? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've I've heard a couple of pilots using those. Do you have any video issue on no. that? No, so I use, um, I have a linear polarized patch from TrueRC. Wow, I can't believe I remember that name. And then I use just the rubber ducky as on the other side. Oh, okay. Um, and it works great. And it like, it. I think my entire VTX and antenna weigh like six and a half grams. And yeah. I have on my old rig, that might be the only piece that's still original on the old rig is the antenna. Like, I've, since you install this antenna, you never think about antennas again on your rig because there's nothing to break. Yeah, see, um, on my RCND, I receive uh, on a mad mushroom and a patch. <laughs> so yeah, it, yep, it weighs quite a bit. But you know what? I have to admit, the mad mushroom, you get such good clarity on it um, that I don't want to go any other way. Um, does anyone run anything other than an immersion patch on the receiving end? I don't use a patch at all. I just use a mad mushroom. That's it. Just one? You just have a single receiver? 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have a diversity receiver, but I just use one in 10. Well, then. I'm seriously that lazy that when I, I I'll, I'll kind of look in my bag and see the patch antenna, I'm just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to screw it on. Or, or when I break props, I'll grab a different I'll grab a oh, different quad. Funny. I'm like the laziest person in FPV that you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use a, a TrueRC by quad patch, which I can't recommend this true rc pa- not true rc is it yeah the canadian one the white ones yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, those are awesome and then i've been using that and a clear view lately a lot um and like the clear view is just like it's one of those things you don't notice how great it is until you go back to regular receivers mm-hmm. and like what are these lines that go across the screen <laughs> oh that's how i used to live yeah nice. really that's the truth. Yeah. Well, guys, we don't want to keep you too much longer, but you guys have been phenomenal co-hosts, and thank you guys so much. We definitely want to uh, keep the invitation open to have you guys return back on the show with us. Um, real quick, zip through. Um, give us all of your social handles and YouTube. Wait, wait, so that before we get there. Go on. I do, have, I do have one question to ask, and I'm sorry if it was asked while my computer took a crap and I was trying to reboot it. Um <laughs> And this one comes from my buddy. running on that KK2 board. Yes. <laughs> the, the little push buttons have fallen off, so I yeah. got to find something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are those the ones that you actually uh, you did the, the uh, tuning on from, the board? Uh, Eddie Black. He, has, has he frozen yeah. again? I, don't, I, I think he's this. gone. Pat. Oh, Pat. Um, so this comes. <laughs> oh. All right. Hello. Pat, talk like this to so, me, doing this. Yeah, Pat. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know. I know what he's gonna ask. <laughs> Go for it, Mike. Um, our our buddy Eddie Black. He now lives in Houston, and uh, I, I know a couple of you guys have met him. I, I know that uh, Kevin's met him anyway. Um, but he, his question is, is, why do you guys fly? You know, what what motivates you to do what you do in the hobby? Oh, uh, thank you, Mike. I fly for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's like a major, like it, it's my biggest social thing. Like me and John, good friends, and that's just what we do to hang out is we get together and we go fly. So that's a big part of it, but I don't think that's the only part of it. I, I still fly because I just love flying. It, ever since I was a kid, all I wanted to do was, you know, just be able to fly. And uh, FPV is the closest to get to that. So I still, you know, sit there and like laying in bed and I imagine flying around a spot or whatever. Uh, so it's just something I'm passionate about, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you can see by Kevin's background that he's got guitars back there and I, I play mm-hmm. piano. We all, we all have the, our different, um, I guess, outlets, right, to escape. Yep. And uh, but none of them has have or have captivated me this long though. I think this is the the longest hobby that I've held uh, consistently. You know, like I always go in and out. Like I'm also into ask, um, telescopes and stuff. I have all, kind, all kinds of crazy telescopes. Oh, your photography is unbelievable, oh, John. Cool, don't man. put yourself don't put yourself down. Okay. That photography right, is rock but, solid. But my point is, is I, I'm into that too. But like I'll kind of get into it for like three months, and then I'll put all my telescope equipment away and not touch it for like three years, and then pull it back out. I've never done that with FPV. It's the only one that I've like consistently. I'm always down. I'm always down to fly. Like Kevin would be like, "You want to fly?" I'm like, "Yes." And uh, so. as Mike shows off his telescope, that's how you spy on the ladies. It has nothing to do with stars. This is all about, hey, you know, dude, the next you know, movie stars. 
I'm not telling you though. Like I'm telling you, like it sounds super nerdy, but you know, chicks dig it. I'm sorry. <laughs> they do. Kelsey yeah. attested that. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually done that. I, 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 uh, I, I met, like one of the. I was tried the whole online dating thing, and actually, this girl's like, "Hey, what do you like doing?" I literally responded with a, a space, a photo of space that I took. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> She was like, uh, <laughs> what is this? This is Uranus. And I was like, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to know. There's no need to explain the story anymore. We're just ending right there. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. Yeah. I, I, so I fly um, not for social reasons. I fly for the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I, um, like it's like, like it's like therapy for me. It's like super cathartic, and it's I, whenever I have a even when I have a bad flying day, I come out of it with like a little bit of an afterglow. Like essentially, it's like the most out of body slash um, good feeling experience I, I've had that wasn't drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, like it's it's so out of body, and it takes you so far away from your like your thoughts and like your my brain's crazy. And so it sucks me out of like my day-to-day -day worried life. And it's a form, like as tacky as it sounds, it's like a form of meditation almost mm -hmm. um, because you can completely get outside yourself and uh, like what some people do through music or through whatever craft they have, it's a, it's a form of pure expression while sure. also not being trapped in your own head. And that sounds frou-frou and tacky, but like I feel like it feels good and I can't do drugs anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> not that we've done drugs. No, no, but oh, I have, like, yeah, and not that we promote doing drugs. Yeah. No, no, yeah. not at all. Uh, stick to the adult beverages, kids. <laughs> and quads, and quads, yeah. yeah. Kool Aid but, and quads, yeah. Kool Aid and quads. That, that that's also, the way to LG, do it. Elsky digs it. I think she's been around for well over a thousand flights of mine. So if I, did, if I stop flying, she'd lose her mind. That's very there true. Yeah. No, Bruno is the same way with me, so I totally empathize. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's great. That's all right. Great. Well, you guys have been an absolute blast to hang out with. Um, why don't you guys go ahead? Uh, we'll start with Gapit. Go ahead and share all of your social media outlets so that everyone can find you. Uh, man. So mainly it's YouTube, which is just oh, Elsky's awake. Uh, which is just uh, Gapit FPV on YouTube. I also have an Instagram under the same name, and we also have a podcast called The FPV Show. I was going to um, promote URLs, that. <laughs> the URL is FPV.fm, and we're on episode forty. Yep. Uh, and we just, it's, uh, it's growing. Just an FYI, guys, it's not a PG show. However, for those adults in the room who are very FPV friendly, it is an amazing show. I am a religious listener. You guys need to pay attention. Hey, Elski! <laughs> Being distracted by Gap's dog. Oh, what's up, puppy? Isn't she cute? <laughs> Elski, say hi. <laughs> she goes, I am tired. It looks like a horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, you can basically find me if you type in a social media and put slash stingers swarm, and that's stingers with an S the end and then swarm. So there's two S's in the middle there. Uh, you will find me YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. I'm there. Fantastic. Dude, I totally Perfect. screwed up your uh, stinger swarm when I posted on the way. Sorry. <laughs> everyone Every, everyone does. Yeah. And lastly, John. Um, mine's the same as uh, as Kevin Stingy Swarm. It's uh, it's <laughs> yeah, just, just follow Stinger Swarm. Sting, hang on, let me reiterate. Stingers warm. Um, <laughs> 
one what? Oh, God. Uh, But anyway, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, slash SchizoFPV, one word. And then, of course, I mentioned to you guys earlier that we are, I'm donating one of my airplanes to a lo- mm-hmm. my local uh, RC field uh, to help fund open it because ours is getting shut down by the state. Uh, so we want a place to fly. So if you guys are interested in entering um, to win this awesome 106-inch 3D Hobby Shop Edge customized by me personally, uh, go to uh, ngmarc.com slash donate. And we'll have links in the description and in the show notes, guys. So please go ahead and support this. Um, It's really amazing to help support local hobby um, outlets, including flying spots and flying fields. Um, So, Schizo, we we will definitely advocate for that, and we'll definitely pump that out as it uh, comes through. I'll be by the zombie plane. Yes. Yeah, I'm donating my zombie plane to the a local. Oh my here. god! So they, that thing is so dope. You guys yeah. want it? <laughs> yeah, I want it really bad. I've seen it, so yeah, I've seen photos of it. So I definitely am going to get some uh, raffle tickets for that. Sweet. Yeah, break it. All right, guys. Well, you can find me, uh, Joel Cannon, at babybrit underscore FPV on all the socials. I'm actively now posting every Monday on YouTube. Uh, so you can find my YouTubes at babybrit underscore FPV. Um, Pat, you're up, buddy. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, and I think I'm on Instagram. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> the name, I, really, I don't know. I think I'm on there. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever, man. Um, Patrick Sean Murphy. Uh, like this forum. I am Earth Language. Uh, other than that, um, yeah, you won't find anything interesting on my YouTube channel unless you like to watch boring flying stuff. Oh my god, going I'm definitely gonna watch this stuff now. Um, other than that, hey, <laughs> that's great. Yep, and like, let me tell me you, you, you definitely want to go oh. to the dentist before looking yeah. at my channel because it's gonna be more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead no man you didn't cut me off at all that was, I was great I was enjoying that <laughs> well i'm mike finley everybody can find me at mike finley on uh, facebook and then uh on all the rest of the socials i am the magic one that's t-h-e-m-a-j-i-k and the number one and all right. someday you'll know that story that's a cool yep. that's a cooler name than baby brit i'm sorry hey <laughs> there's it uh there is a story behind mine i'll okay. wait i'll i'll tell you that later I feel on like all right. Google baby brit can it be all risky you know there's i promise you guys there's a story i will tell it but from all of us here guys you can find us at ftccpodcast.com that's our website you can find us on uh, YouTube at FTCC uh, podcast you can find us on the Instagram the Facebook the Twitter we're not really on Twitter so don't do that Um, but everywhere else you can find us guys normally we would uh, wish you guys um, blue skies but we're gonna actually end the show a little bit differently Mike you have one more thing before we go yeah I do I do have one more thing I want to say is there's a number of people on uh, on the uh, YouTube chat that are just saying thanks for coming on uh, to gap it to, to Stinger and to schizo uh, they really appreciate it and I mean they love hearing from you guys and uh, hopefully we can get you guys on again because yeah. they, they really enjoyed it tonight of course uh, <laughs> you know side one 
guys are giving away hype train so I can get my quad there. What? <laughs> and it, there was no contest. So sorry, guys. It's not. Yeah. Happening. No, 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 no giveaways today, guys. But yeah, if there was any free hype train, it'd be coming this way. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. But guys, normally we would end the show on blue skies. But tonight we're going to end it a little bit differently because of our good friend Crash Hancock. So yep. guys, from all of us, go out there, build something, fly something and enjoy this great RC hobby. Thank you. Yeah, I should have prepared me.